Hi, it's Chris Watkin here, and I'm joined by Michael Nettertum, who is the boss man of Knock Dighton and very well-known estate agency in the industry. Um, Mike, thanks for joining me today. Pleasure, thank you, Chris. I would like to go through your estate agency story, uh, man and boy. Uh, so the boys and girls out there in estate agency and letting agency land can learn from your mistakes, your hopes, your dreams, your story, in essence. Is that okay? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, far away. Um, I've been led to believe that estate agency was in the family blood, is that correct? Yes, yes. So, um, Knock Dighton was founded in 1831. Um, its origins was, uh, you know, rural practice, uh, livestock auctioneers, um, charter surveyors, etc. Um, and when my dad moved down from Hull when he was 16, uh, started off life as an article clerk. and. Um, he spotted the opportunity in the estate agency in as much as uh, there was a significant business there and it needed to be a separate thing rather than just something that the surveyors and the livestock auctioneers did um, in the days they weren't doing the market. So roughly when was, when was that then? Uh, how old would Dad have been? So uh, that would have been like the mid-60s, something like that. Okay, so he joined the firm. He, was, he, was he part of the firm already? or? Uh, yeah, yeah. So he, 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 joined, he moved down from Hull down to Shropshire as a 16-year-old. So... He was tasked with uh, being a livestock auctioneer okay. and his brother a butcher, funnily enough. So, so did, he, did he have an all accent like that? Basically, yeah. yeah. yeah which, which he pretty much got rid of, actually. So you, you never would have known it. But if you took him back to Hull, it would soon Yeah, yeah, out. snap in. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. And um, so when were you drafted in as, as, a, as, a, as a child of the boss, uh, or one of the bosses in? Uh, all, all my life in one way, shape or form. So it started off um, as uh, penning sheep. Uh, for the for the livestock market, and then and the other days I was working in the estate agency, uh, photographing, uh, sorry, uh, uh, photocopying. So how old were you th at this point then? Stickers on it. Uh, any age. So I probably started from about eleven or twelve, I'd have thought. Okay, and we, we, this is in Bridge North, or yeah, correct, Bridge North, yeah, which okay. is the, which is the, the the head office and where it all started. Okay, so you were basically penning sheep and sticking photographs when you were a teenager. Basically, yeah. I must admit, my fam my pocket money was stopped when I was nine years old and <laughs> uh, drafted into the family butchers. Spot on, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be done. Um, did you think at that time that this was the business for me? No, um, absolutely not. So okay. It was a funny one, really, because I, I was kind of bright enough to realise that doing those kind of menial tasks probably wasn't going to be the way I was going to earn my fortune, but I perhaps wasn't bright enough to realise that actually if I worked my way up the ladder, um, that there was something worth doing there. So I thought that was a state agency, if that makes sense. Sticking photographs on the herd yeah, which Yeah, and in the nicest possible way, I've got better things to do in my life, but I've no idea what that is. Actually, if you think about it, we probably still do herd sheep. But... Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really changed. So when, when did the penny drop and you think to yourself, I'm going to get a bit more professional on this one? Um, I think it was when I graduated from university, really. So I got a degree. I hadn't got a clear plan as to what to what do. What degree did you do? Uh, economics. Okay. So Dad was always very hands-off. He was always like, look, you know, you can do whatever you like. It's entirely up to yourself. Uh, and then when I said, actually, you know, can I join the agency? He was like, yeah, brilliant. Doors open. So what year did you did you come into the business? So that would be about 2002 when I graduated. Okay. As a surveyor? Yeah, as a surveyor. General practice or agricultural? In a, 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 a residential, yeah. So okay. looking in, looking in uh, lofts and such like. So. God, that's done, isn't it? Yeah. And to be fair, it was quite funny, really, because, again, Dad, very hands-off. Uh, you know, as, as he would have told me afterwards, he says, I couldn't think of anyone less likely to be a decent surveyor than you. Um, so, and, and, and I hated it. I, find, I found it boring, repetitive, tedious. I, I, it, there was no fun in it whatsoever. But my perception was a charter surveyor was... 
was was something worth doing. Well, I must admit, I, 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 my career, my early career mirrors yours. Mm. I, I'm, I went on work experience to the state agents. Thought, well, best go and be a surveyor. Got my qualification, and then realised, yeah. yeah, you get to see in lots of airing cupboards, though, don't you? Yeah, correct, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> That's about, it, though, yeah, yeah, that's about the highlight, yeah. Okay, so, so how long before you, in 2000, 2003, yeah. did you say, well, looking at lofts is not for me, sure. looking at woodworm and it's not for me, and putting in those two prongs into the wall. Correct, yeah. When did, you, when did the penny drop and you think to yourself, actually, I think it's state agencies for me? Uh, it's probably about 12 months into it. Okay. Um, and as part of my CPD, there needs to be an element of kind of the residential side as part of that. Um, and actually, to be fair, on the surveying side, it was it was a really good grounding in terms of building pathology and things. So it, it wasn't a year wasted by any means. But but as soon as I sat into the sales side, I just came home going, "This is brilliant. I love it." Uh, and then Dad brought okay. in the status report, and it was just like, in the late, I was like, "I can see exactly uh, what, what we're doing. Uh, I, I uh, want to do this." A status report. What would that be to the boys and girls? So there? yeah, in terms of just the, the the funnel, I suppose, as far as the state agency is concerned, in terms of you know you put market appraisals in the top and you kick out exchanges at the bottom and everything else that goes on in between. And it just made perfect sense. I mean, 0304, the housing market was just beginning to, to take off. Yeah. In fact, it was, take, it was already taking yeah, off in 0203. Yeah. You enjoying it? Yeah, I loved it, yeah. But I was at the kind of the... the, the, the How old were you at this point? 22, so 23? I'd be 22, 23, 24, yeah. Okay, your boss's son, or one of the boss's sons, were you... Um, did, did you get any grace or favours because of that? Not particularly, no. Um, but then again, I wouldn't want any either. Um, so yeah, the, the, it has its own challenges, but I, I wouldn't expect anyone to feel sorry for me. So, okay. And you, at this point here, you just thought this is for me. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I was absolutely on board. Loved it. So, could you see at this point that eventually you were going to take over the business? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I always kind of knew that I would in some way, somehow, but I actually felt that I could actually really contribute, and this is something I'm really deeply passionate about. If, if, if it all went terribly wrong. I'd go and get a job in an agency. Well, I mean, what were your hopes? At, how old were you then? So you were 23, 24. Would Correct. you be married at this time? Were no, you settled no, down? No, no. You were young, no. free, and single, and yeah, ready to mingle? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So you had your XR2 and your... And not quite so. Myself and Russ don't really get on, so I'm not that bothered by cars. But yeah, I, I did have other lifestyle choices which took up my money, absolutely. Good stuff. So um, what, were your, what were your hopes at this point? Um... Or was it just all perfect and wonderful in 02, 03, 04? Uh, yeah, I think it was just ambitious, really. Um, and I was trying to build uh, a platform for okay. like financial security. And, you know, and what did you love about a state agency? All of it. Every day is different. Come on, let's do it. You're dealing with people. It's competitive. Um, are, are you a competitive sort of person? Yeah, yeah. Not, to, what, not, to not detrimental to yourself? No, no. I, I quite, there's nothing wrong with losing. I think it's good. Um, I think there's such a thing as a bad winner as well. Um, but I do like the competitive element because it, 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 it holds the mirror up, doesn't it? And, and where do you get that competitive element from? Um, your mum, your dad or your grandparents? I from a family point of view, I'm not sure. I'm probably, um, my dad wasn't default competitive, although he played a lot of sport and such like, but he, he had that steel in him, certainly. I, I, I couldn't say, to be honest, it's just something that's in me. But I wouldn't say I was more competitive than most. But it's And was there anyone else in the firm that you learnt a lot from in these early formative years? Yeah, absolutely. I was very fortunate. Um, in as much as there were two people on the estate agency side who were phenomenal estate agents. There's David Jones, who's still practicing over in Worcestershire, and Mike Evans, who's recently retired, well, retired probably five or six years ago, who were just exemplary estate agents. And what did they teach you about good estate agency? Um, I, I think the key thing is about asking good quality questions, really. And, and one of the mantras we have at the business is, you know, do, what's in the best interest of the customer? So, which is possibly something that when commercial pressures kick in, estate agents as a generalisation sometimes can fall foul of. 
Um, so we always use that as our kind of guiding principle, and it, and it works, which is the reason why we've been going so long, because that's the plan. And um, did you make any mistakes in these t at these times? Yeah, loads, yeah. So, um, I mean, in, hind in hindsight, I know, and again, we're still talking 0304 here. Is there any mistakes that you wish you hadn't made at that point? No, because you learn from them, don't you? Um, one thing I'm quite jealous of, if that's the right word, um, is the access to information that we have now, various kind of Facebook groups, training mentors and such like. I'd have given my right arm for that, um, which I basically did have um, in terms of those two key people, but the industry at large didn't really have it. You were very much at the mercy of how good whoever was in charge at your direct line manager was pretty, you know, had a pretty big bearing on your trajectory as an agent, really. Okay, so we moved the clock forward through to um, 06, 07. Mm. How, how badly was the firm hit with the global financial crisis? Um, strain, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a big impact, really. So obviously when Lehman's Bank and everyone went bust, in, which was in 2008, we had a relatively lean year, the year building up to that, because there was a big, um, you've got vendors who were like, well, house price got 10% year on year, that's what they do. And then applicants were going, well, I've seen in the news there's a subprime crisis, and I'm not so sure about that. So as an agent, you can bridge a gap of, you know, a couple of percentage points, 5%, let's call it tops. But when you're bridging 10, 20%, it's really difficult. So we had a relatively slow year building up to the great financial crisis. Uh, and then when it hit, strange enough, from a personal point of view, I saw the opportunity in that because everybody's on the same page. Um, and up to a point, so did Dad, in as much as um, what he did is he, he raised the necessary finances by separating ourselves from the livestock market. Um, and he bought out the partners who were all of an age. They said, look, we believe in the project, um, but we're not going to be around long enough from a professional capacity to earn back any money we put in. Um, so Dad bought their shares out effectively uh, and, and, and changed the firm from a partnership into directors. So well, he put quite a large sum of money in to do that. How much did he put in? So he put in about three quarters of a million pounds. Three quarters of a million pounds? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so significant. So, and, and with that... You weren't, a, you weren't part of the business at this point? No. No, so this would be in 2000. Did he tell you? So, so I was part of the business, yes, but I wasn't on the board, if that makes sense. So I, I was one of the managers. Can you remember him telling you that he basically found, that's a lot of money. Mm. Yeah, terrifying, yeah. How did you feel about your father investing that? In essence, because how old would you be in 2000? And he would have been, what, six, mid-60s? Yeah, exactly, yeah, 65, something like that, yeah. So, so we... He should have been retired at that point. Correct, yeah, yeah. So really, how did you feel about him, if you don't mind me saying, mm. investing £750,000 in you? Yeah, which, up to a point, because he believed in the business and he believed in me, really. Okay. And I got the fire in my belly and I loved it. Yeah, but how did that make you feel? Um, Dad was like that. So a lot of responsibility. You're not answering the question. Yeah, a lot of responsibility. Um, and that was... As, as, as a leader in the business, that's what we're there for, is when times get tough, we've got to make sure there's something there for the people who deserve it to come back to a job next year. So that's my kind of overarching belief. And I think... What about you inside, though? Um, Did it keep you up at night? Yeah, massively. But by the same token, and it set me up for COVID, to be fair, um, it gave me a very clear reason in terms of why we're here. Um, and my role is to when, some, when, some, when the challenges happen, because they will, um, we need to make sure that during the good years, 
and we've done the right things in order when yeah, adversity comes, we can, we can get through it the right way. So with you paying off the other directors and almost um, pushing, not pushing out, but basically floating off the, the cattle market, sure. does that mean now you're an estate agents and surveyors? Uh, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Was dad still doing the surveying and you doing the estate agency? So yeah, dad, dad was always more on the livestock market side of things anyway. So okay. the estate agency, whilst he did set it up, um, he had kind of, you know, his partners ran the estate agency. Okay. So basically, you you didn't have any equity in the business at this no, time, but basically no. you were running the estate agency side. I was running one of the branches, so we had four branches at the time. Okay. What about the surveying side? Did you do any on the general practice surveying? Uh, there, there was two sides of the surveying. So there was the, 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 the rural practice side of the surveying and also the, the, the building side. Okay. Which are but, separate firms. but any of the directors that you bought out, were they on the livestock side, you say? Uh, no, no, no. The, the, the livestock was kept separate. So, so you bought out the people within the estate agency on the residential side. Okay. How did how did 0809 go? Um, got through it. That was the main thing. Um, how did you get through it? Um, the, again, this was probably where I, where COVID kind of it was a good grounding from that. And as much as I, I saw that there was an opportunity there, so what did we do? Yes, okay, we did everything everyone else did in terms of you know uh, looking at costs, um, you know reining our horns in, doing all the survival things. But there was also a massive opportunity there um, because it was amazing how few agents kind of manage their stock in our area. So ringing people up and having the difficult conversation, saying, look, you know, if, if we're serious about moving, this is what we need to do. Um, and most people would just say, well, it's on right move and fingers crossed someone will ring and, you know, we'll, we'll get a sale agreed. So um, by being pragmatic and seeing the opportunity, um, it's the old Warren Buffett quote, isn't it? So about being, you know, being aggressive when others are fearful. So, and it taught me that, basically. Do you think estate agents are still like that? And, you know, working on right move and they're don't want to have that difficult conversation. I think there's a polarisation in a state agency. I think the best, the, the good agents are getting better and the other agents are getting worse because fees are going down and how can you recruit people to be good? It's just not possible. So you got through 0809 and the housing market in Shropshire started to take off in mm -hmm. 10, 11. Yep. Um, how did that, you know, was it difficult to make the changes that you wanted to make in the business? Yeah, very. So... Um, well, hold on a second. Your dad was the sole owner, wasn't he? C correct. So there was there was him and myself actually. So I, at, at around two thousand, I had equity in it, so it was fifty fifty split. But two thousand, two thousand and ten, you mean? Sorry, two thousand and ten. Sorry, yeah. So, um, but from a you know running day to day running of the business, that there, there was a board and there were other people involved as well. So, and how how did that work? Because you've got it's your business, yeah. But, but it, uh, yeah, it, it, probably challenging for everybody, in all fairness. Um, and going back to the money that Dad put in, I had a very clear view that we need to do well when things are going well, so we don't have to make bad decisions when things go badly. Um, and as a business, we were profitable, um, but, you know, nothing too exciting. Um, and it was a nice place to work, which was great, and we wanted to maintain that, absolutely. But in terms of actually getting runs on the board and building financial security... That, okay. that was I mean, what changes challenge. did you want to make that caused the unrest? Um, so from that point of view, putting in targets, basically, and just uh, uh, and having that kind of accountability, bonuses, um, systems, structures. OK, so basically, whilst they had no equity in the business, there were employees, there was there was a kickback about targets and, and yeah. accountability. So the, the, the whisper was, oh, we're going corporate, um, which just couldn't be further from the truth. But. Um, what year was this? So that would be in around about 2004, I would suggest. Sorry, 2014, sorry, I would suggest. Yeah. So you were 50-50 business yeah. with your dad. You had your full support of your dad. 
but the bottom line is the other branch managers didn't want to be targeted. There was an element of that, yeah. So we had a big cultural shift where we had to maintain the fact that it's a lovely place to work with having that bit of steel in it that says, look, you know, we're here to get results because, you know, this is a business at the end of the day. Who, how did, just so we can, you know, to teach the people and boys and girls in the state and letting agency sure. land, how did you address that issue? Um, very challenging, but ultimately, uh, great read is the e-myth, funnily enough. Um, if you want to get an insight in terms of what I did, I've basically done that. And it probably took me about five years to do it. Okay, so, so paraphrase it for the boys and girls out there in the state agency. Um, very simply, um, you get a piece of paper, you write all the roles and responsibilities and job titles within your organisation, you stick your name in all of them, and bit by bit you start knocking your name out by putting other people's names in until your name is the only one left at the top, which is you know the chairman or whatever title you want to be called. Okay, so how did that work in terms of getting your branch managers accountable and targeted? It, I suppose the problem was that uh, you've got to be careful what you wish for, don't you? Um, in as much as, you know, we've grown as a business and the problem I had was my name was in too many of those boxes. I was sales director, marketing director, heading up lands and new homes, uh, running an office, um, shareholder, the list goes on. Uh, and the simple truth of it, I probably wasn't doing any of those jobs particularly well because in the nicest possible way, how could you? Um, and whenever you do grow uh, and have plans for change, etc., it will expose um, any weaknesses that you do or don't have in your business um, and, and it did that to us really and it probably took us five years to really get ourselves you know clear in terms of the reason why we were here. How did you deal with those frustrations because four or five years is a long time. Yeah 100%. Um, what you didn't really sort it out until 18, 19? Probably yeah yeah 17, 18 something like that. So it, Did you have to make people redundant or? Uh, no or? no we, we, we're not that kind of company basically. So, so how did you change someone's from I'm not having accountable to now being accountable? How um, I think one of the biggest changes was the fact that Dad had his kind of board of directors who were 100% loyal to him, no problem. They liked me, but they bought into him, if that makes sense. So were they the same people as the branch managers? Uh, basically, it, depending on how the, the offices were set up, but for simplicity's sake, yes. Um, so the, the, the key change really was having a board that was 100% you know, loyal to me, if that makes sense. Um, so now, We've got the cultural architects in the business, you know, Tom Ross, Dawn Jane, um, who we make up the board, who are like absolutely believing are those, in what we're doing. Are those other people still in the business? Uh, no, no. So they've all broadly speaking kind of retired and kind of exited because they were all of that kind of age anyway. So it was quite challenging for them in the nicest possible way because we were looking to make ambitious changes for the, for the, for the, for the so future. So you didn't make them redundant, but basically no. you were very nice and basically created a culture and an environment. Would you do anything differently? Um, Looking specifically at this, right, in 14, we need to get lean mm. to actually, you know, four years is a long time. Yeah, yeah it was, yeah. What it would you do difficult. differently? Um, the short answer is I don't know. Um, the long answer is the keys in communication. And that is probably our, our biggest challenge, you know, whatever, you know, whatever industry you're in, in terms of getting okay. people to kind of come with you and telling them what you're going to tell them, tell them and then telling what you told them, I suppose, is one expression. Okay. And, and it's getting people to kind of buy into that journey. Um, and we probably made all the mistakes, but we did them all for the right reasons and in the right way. But would you do anything different? Um, uh, the problem is, if you got it all right, you don't learn anything, do you? Okay, yeah, come, come on, give me something. <laughs> okay, it's all very good saying, yeah, you don't have mistakes, but what would you do differently? Um, so, uh, I think probably the, the key really is um, getting everybody in the room addressing the fact that there is an issue, uh, getting the old whiteboard out and going, right, well, what are the issues then? Getting them all in there 
uh, and then start kind of ticking them off and getting buy-in from, from the ground up in terms of, right, well, if that's the case, then this is what we need to do, because the, the IQ was undoubtedly in the business. So what you're saying is, if you have a problem, get it on in a room, go to a hotel and, yeah. and nail it out. Yeah. Could, would it be fair to say that you were fanning about a bit? and? Yeah, because we're trying to figure it out as we go. Um, not everybody was on board with the project, be that at whatever level, whether they were the Duke or the Dustman, as far as the, opera, as far as the, cu the company was concerned. So it, it took a lot of emotional energy. Um, it never really affected the business as such, but in terms of kind of hearts and minds and what you kind of felt, it was very difficult. Were you enjoying the business, being in the business at the time? No. Um, loved, loved, loved the business, loved the yeah. job, but the actual challenges of the kind of the HR side of things was, was, was significant, really. My understanding is then in, in 17, 18, you brought in some external help. Yeah, so I, I've always kind of sought um, advice. So in terms of uh, back in kind of 2014, I joined the Property Academy, mm -hmm. um, of which I've recently rejoined again. Um, Stephen Brown's been exceptional, um, and we've got lots of kind of you know training, coaching, mentoring, etc. You know within the business because we we want to realise our potential. Okay, so um, how did going into COVID? Mm. How were you set up? Um, quite well, basically. Um, strange enough, this is what we were kind of touching on with regards to what two thousand eight taught me. Um, as far as because you're all set up, you've got your directors, you know, yeah. you've got some fantastic directors yeah, yeah, yeah. targeted. They also speak their mind because I know Correct. a lot of them. They're not yeah. mini-me's, are they? No, 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 no. It's, it, the boardroom is a very pleasant place to be. And if you've got an opinion, fantastic. You know, it's more than welcome. So uh, if you scratch the surface of our, of, of, of our logo, um, you'll find something significant underneath. So, um, and again, going back to what we'd been kind of building and planning for was when adversity strikes, we need to be able to do the right thing. So um, my single role was when that happened, I actually quite enjoyed the, the challenge of it um, in as much as I'd managed to delegate enough of the tasks where my one role was to plot the strategy for how we're going to move forward. I mean, how many branches have you got? Six. That's quite a rare talent, isn't it? it and, and if it had happened a couple of years before, it, I'm not confident we'd have got through it as well as we did. But from a timing point of view, um, we, we were ready for it. And, and how... For, for anyone watching this with multiple branches, how the hell do you detach yourself from not getting involved with the day-to-day really, stuff? Really, really difficult. And you've got to give yourself permission to do it. I mean... Which, which took me years to do. I assume that you are a, more of a process person than the people. I know you've got people skills, but you are a process person. I, I'm a hub, funnily enough. So I, I, I go with whatever's missing and I'll provide the balance for it. That's me. So hence the reason why, you know, from a business point of view, we had a fantastic culture, but we didn't have you know, the KPIs and the targets. So when you say hub, are we talking in. SDI, the red, blue and green? Yeah, correct, yeah, yeah, absolutely. SDI, yeah. if anyone wants to Google yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's the best one, in my opinion, of all of them. So, What is your natural state, though? Me, I'm a hub. You are a hub? Yeah, I sit in the middle, but under pressure I go to results, and I go there quickly. So that's a red, isn't it? Yeah, red traits. I, I, I don't go big, but I do Okay, so I, for I anyone, on it. So for anyone who knows their profiling, that would be disk profile D. Yeah. So do you, I mean, that sort of personality, when you really do go under stress, you fear being taken advantage of by others? Uh, potentially, but I'm quite, I've got quite a strong script. So if you... Where does that come from? Is that your dad again? Uh, probably mum, actually. So she was always very kind of nurturing and always said, look, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be great, because that's what mothers do, don't they? So I, I've got a strong script. 
So when bad things happen to me, I'm broadly, look, I'm going to get through this. Not sure how, but, you know, I'll be all right. In the Sounds end. very stoic, if you don't want to say. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 which to be fair, I've been reading up a bit on that recently, and it's fantastic, isn't it? So Ryan Holiday, yeah, he's, he's worth, yeah, good book review, yeah. So. Okay. So the shit hit the fan, if you don't mm. mind me saying. Yeah. You, you went into COVID, but you had great culture, yeah. great people, great senior team. Correct. But then you lost your dad. Correct. Yeah. How did that hit you? Um, we'd known for some years, so he'd been ill for three or four years, um, and we went into COVID with him. So, um, so he, he died of cancer. But uh, when it when it did happen, it all happened relatively quickly because there were like five lines of treatment for him, uh, and when the fifth one ran its course, um, he went downhill very quickly after that. So, you know, within kind of two months, then you know he passed away unfortunately. Um, your guide mentor left you. Yeah, correct. Yeah. How did that make you feel? I mean, I've not lost my father, so I, yeah. I don't know what it's like, but having Very, your father and your business mentor as well. Yeah, because, and he was great because he never really told me what to do. He was always 100% supportive. In fact, he was probably always more um, extreme than I was in terms of you know being ambitious and thinking outside of the box. So yeah, that was a massive loss. I mean, I, like I said, I, I have spent the last couple of years kind of acquiring other mentors as well. Um, but yeah, the, the, the strange thing, you know, it doesn't feel like I've lost him. I still feel like he's just, you know, he's just around the corner somewhere, and I'll see him later. So, but the, the yeah, the, one of the issues, it, it doesn't have focus your own attention in terms of right. Okay, that, if he was seventy six, so the clock's ticking. We need to kind of get things done. So, I mean, how old are you now? Me, forty one. And how long do you think you'll be in the business? Uh, I've got no exit strategy. Okay. I, yeah. Do you have a family to pass the business on to? Uh, yeah, son and a daughter. So they're kind of six and seven. But, it, you know, if, if they're interested, great. And if they're not, then that's fine. So the business is all in your name at the moment? Uh, effectively, yeah, with my mother. So, yeah, but she has no, she's completely passive. So she, she lets me get on with it from that point of view. You've got a six branch network, 41 year old. Mm -hmm. Aren't you going to get bored? No, because there's always something to do. Um, and, the, the, yeah. It's interesting, actually, because from that point of view, I loved being frontline agency, loved it. And I had okay, to give myself but a you mission. Step away. I mean, how do, you know, it must be difficult being a hub and a bit of a control freak because mm. you I, are. I, I'm not control. I, I need a plan. Is that right? So if there's a plan and it doesn't have to be that good, I'm the easiest bloke in the world. If there's no plan, I get red really quickly and I don't like it. I, 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 when do you lose your way? Is that then? Is that when you? Yeah, that, 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 that. Are you a pressure cooker, but when you go, you don't go often, but when you do go, you explode? Yeah, yeah. It's quite short and sharp, but yeah. Have, have your colleagues seen that? Now and again. It's quite rare. So, but they, 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 yeah, they might see it once a year or every other year. So. And do you feel embarrassed when you do that? Or no. is that kind of just a... No, because I've probably been stewing on it for a while and it's probably quite well considered and it needs to be done. What would your advice be to any estate agent who wants to grow their estate agency business? Because like, the amount of people that sat on there saying mm. opening up the second and third branches was probably the worst thing they ever did. Yeah. It's easier when they get to four and five. Yeah, correct. So yeah, we, we, we bought a lettings book uh, back 2014 as well. Um, and like I say, if, whatever issues you've got in your business, you're about to find out. It will test you. And it's made us better for it, actually. Um, but yeah, it, it, be careful what you wish for, hence my kind of... So, but we, we've gone through the journey, which is why it took us five years. Because if you go and troubleshoot a branch, it's pretty obvious what the problems are. 
you go and do this, that, and the other, and in six months' time, the, num the, the money starts coming through. Um, whereas when you've got multiple branches, you can't be in, if you're in one office, you're ignoring five others. So to create the culture and the infrastructure to be able to coordinate multiple branches. And how do you do that? Is that having good lieutenants in? 100%, yeah. And, and I broadly leave them to get on with it. So, so I've got sales director, operations director, lettings director, finance director. We have a clear plan and strategy. Uh, and I look for something called brown M&Ms, as I like to call them, which is the Dave Lee Roth thing. Um, which is, do you know that one? Oh, that's a good one. So, so Van Halen, yep. so they go on tour. They go into all different venues, yeah? And some venues are better than others, which is fine, apart from the fact they're doing with pyrotechnics, high wire acts, you know, high voltage equipment, etc. Yeah. The stage is a death trap. Okay. So when they send a rider out, which is the, you know, when we get there, we want to see this, that, and the other. And one of the things in the middle of the rider is, um, and on the table within the green room, there will be a bowl of M&Ms with all the brown ones removed. And if this is not as we stipulate then all bets are off, the gig's not happening, you're not getting your money, no one gets paid, you know, apocalypse. Okay, so all they would do, they turn up at the venue, they walk straight into the green room, they'd look on the table, and if there's, you know, if there's, there's something wrong with the M&Ms, either there aren't any, or they haven't taken the brown ones out, lock down, right, check everything, check the electrics, check the fireworks, you know, this place, you know, we're not going on stage until it's right. Or conversely, that everything's right with the M&Ms, do you know what, we'll do all our safety checks, but everything's probably all right. So I look within our business for little signs that things aren't right. And, if I, and I know if I ask a few questions about it, there's going to be problems beneath and we can sort them. So, so what sort of questions are you, do you ask? Um, I'm reasonably kind of numerically based, really. So there's, there's, there's clues there, aren't there? So okay. But you can't, does that mean you're a spreadsheet king? No. Where does the I love reading spreadsheets. Don't ask me to make one. I wouldn't have a clue. Okay. So. But what, where does the emotional EQ skills come in? Um, because I suppose we all want to be liked, don't we? Uh, and I'm not a tyrant, and I want people to do well. Um, and I, my philosophy is if everyone else does well, I'll probably be all right. And let's find a little bit more softer side about you, mm. is, is um, apart from your family and work, mm. what passions do you have in life? Me? Um, uh, golf is the main one. So I always used to play a lot of sport. Okay. So cricket and hockey is my kind of CV, so to speak. But um, in recent years, golf has been my main passion. Okay. So, so a perfect weekend is at the Belfry then, is it? That would be very nice, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and if you went on holiday, where do you go? Uh, we've got a little place over in Port Maddock, um, over in Wales. Uh, and to be fair, I, I like a really simple life. Um, I like spending time with wife and kids. I like popping out for breakfast, having a nice cup of coffee. And, and, and if I can play a little bit of golf and go for a walk, that's, that's a great day for me. Happy with that. Good stuff. And um, what does a perfect breakfast look like to you? Um, that's a good question. Depends where you are. Um, I, I'll tell you where it's good, though. There's a place in Shrewsbury that does um, uh, 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 sardines on toast, which is, a good, which is a great sign if you like something that you don't like in a restaurant. Right. <laughs> if they right. do something you don't like and it's really, really good, um, you know you're in the right place. So sardines on toast with all the chilli flakes and everything. It's very nice. Okay. Uh, finally, a, a few uh Snap questions. Um, what's been your biggest regret in a state agency? Um, my biggest regret in a state agency? Um, I don't know is a short answer. Um, Come on. <laughs> because uh, I think if you, if, you, if you had to look at one thing, it would have been when we bought um, the, the, a, a local lettings business, which was just a huge learning curve because okay. we, we just weren't really ready for it, basically. 
What are you working on at the moment? What new personal projects are you working on that are really flicking your switch? Loads. So one of the things that I'm sure you're aware of is the old agent response. So um, we've started looking at building our own technology, um, which has been fascinating in as much as um, during the demos, once the demos finish, you start talking shop with other business owners. And the people in our industry, the intelligence, the IQ, the ideas, it is fascinating. And when you can have those kind of little chats and then you can bring them back to your own business, that, that pays for the day big time. Um, what shows and podcasts and, or books are you reading at the moment um, that the boys and girls out there could benefit from? Yeah, lots really. So I, I listen to all the estate agency ones. So you could self, I was listening to on the car on the way up the show, I'll just get that one in. Stephen Brown's one is excellent, a million dollar agent, love it. You know, Sam Hunter. So I've got a whole list of podcasts. But outside of the industry space, my two favourites would be uh, Seth, uh, uh, Seth Godin's mm. uh, Akimbo, which I think is fascinating, uh, and James Altucher, who is just, uh, yeah, you just learn so much from it. So you just, you just feel a little bit brighter for having listened to it. Um, when you're 50 years old, which will be in 20... Nine years, yeah, 30. 2030, what one thing do you hope to have achieved that you haven't yet? Um, that's a great question, isn't it? Um, we have got a five-year plan, so which is to get the, the business to five million in turnover, um, which at the minute yeah, is probably doubling in terms of where we are at the minute. Um, so, and we're using kind of Pete Wilkinson to kind of help us with that. So, um, yeah, my, my, my goal is to leave the business, you know, whatever that means, um, in better state than I found it. And I found it in good condition, by the way. Um, but I want to, you know, leave my mark on it and, and pass it on to the next generation, really. And if the kids don't take it on? Uh, I don't know is a short answer. So there would be, for me, uh, it's very much kind of a custodian role of the business. So um, I think there's two broadly different schools of owning a business. The one is, look, you know, I want the car, I want the holidays, I want the lifestyle, and the business is going to have to pay for it. Okay. Um, whereas I'm more... It sounds like you've got a very infinite outset, yeah, almost totally. Sinusonic. Yeah, 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 I love his stuff. Yeah, 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 what's, what's not to like about what he's about? But my role is different. I'm to serve the business. So, so servant leadership. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that fits. So, yeah, I, I'm very clear about what I want. But on the assumption we all agree with that and there's a plan, then I'll leave you to go on with it. It's not difficult, yeah. Michael, thank you for your time today. Um, I hope every you, everyone in estate and letting agency land has enjoyed that. Um, you're very well thought of in the industry, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on on what made you what made you tick. So thank you for your time today. Yeah, pleasure, thank you, Chris. Yeah.